Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Lightning Mindset Podcast. Happy Sunday. It's an absolutely brilliant spring day here in Melbourne. Feels like summer. Had a really nice run this morning. Bought a new sun lounger, getting brown and really enjoying the morning. Thank you to everyone who sent through their feedback from last week's episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, I did a recording on goals versus systems, which was a little snippet from James Clear's Atomics Habits, his book there, which is really good. I also want to say a big shout out to a couple of runners this week who were in the arena, Jai Orchard, who did the 100k surf century, absolutely amazing feat, mate, big shout out to you for doing that, the grind man, absolute grind man, and then also to uh, Michael McSweeney for cracking the 2.59 at the City Marathon, uh, 2.58, so yeah, just want to say a big congrats to you both, amazing Amazing to hear what you've done over the weekend. Really proud. Now, on this week's episode, I wanted to run you through a little bit from David Goggins' book, Never Finished. I read this earlier in the year. Goggins is a ultra marathon runner, ex-Navy SEAL, uh, Mr. Motivator, you could say. And there was this part from his book I wanted to share which is when he is basically doing his 240-mile ultra race in America, which is the Moab course. And I wanted to read this part because it made me smile. It might make you cringe, um, but there's some really good moments on it, and it's it's a really kind of great way to see inside this guy's mindset. So I'll get into it. hope you enjoy it. Of the entire 240-mile course, I'd visualize this section right here more than any other. As soon as we were on the trail, I pushed the pace. Four miles in, Kish grimaced. Now, Kish's Goggins' is, um, girlfriend had a smartwatch and looked puzzled. I don't think we went this fast last year, she said. Oh, you noticed, I asked, smiling to myself. Call Casey and tell him it's on. I accelerated uphill, which Kish took by surprise. As pacer, it was her job to stay with me, and she sprinted to catch up. In fact, to her great displeasure, and for the first time in the race, I was running every hill. Finally, when we arrived at the bottom of another incline, she grabbed my arm and stopped me. Don't you want to walk this, she asked, breathless. Okay, I said, laughing to myself. But before I reached the top, I took off again. Kish is a very good runner, but she wasn't expecting to be in a workout this deep into my race. Especially after all the talk about ruptured tendons, I could see it. I could hear her breath. She started calling out hills well ahead of time. Unless I called for intervals first, several times I told her we would run for five minutes and walk for three, only to stretch those five-minute intervals to 20 and then to 25 minutes. I enjoyed watching her stew in the unknown. Was I torturing sweet Kish? Yes. Yes, I was. 
but don't feel too bad for her. I had my reasons. I know what makes her tick. Kish is extremely warm, refined and polite, but don't let the smooth taste fool you. Look who she fell in love with. That lady is a thug, just like me. There's some serious dog. And she does not tolerate any weak sauce. When we first got together, she kept mentioning, kept mentioning how I had always been something missing in our past relationships. No one ever pushed her enough. She was never challenged, and she loves to be challenged. In fact, she dodged her exes so hard that so many times at Moab 2019, when she saw me suffering in terrain, she handled so easily. I couldn't help but imagine what she might be thinking. I'm not ashamed to admit that in the moment I had chestnut syndrome. My balls are retracted into my chest. And in 2020, when I got to the finish line or not, it was mandatory. It was mandatory that I earn back any respect I'd lost here in the hills so my balls could finally drop back into their rightful place. I knew I'd done my job when she finally said, I don't remember this section being so hard. Once again, I laughed my ass off. We finished Kish's section 90 minutes faster than 2019 and I was only getting stronger. But now it was time to venture into the high country and tackle the terrain that threatened my life the year before. As the trail pitched up in altitude towards a ridge that I loomed like a coiled dragon, I could shake the fear. I couldn't shake the fear. I was afraid of how my body would react after being awake and running for 40 hours. I was terrified that my long-time lung issues would return with a vengeance. I was scared I wouldn't make it. I'm afraid a lot, but I've learned to flip fear by facing whatever it is I'm scared of head on. When I first started to face my fears, I was tentative. That's normal, and the emotions and discomfort I felt were proof of how potent this process can be. My anxiety stirred, and my adrenaline pumped as my mind edged closer to what I was desperate to avoid. But within all that, energy is a mental and emotional growth factor that can lead to self-empowerment. Just as stem cells produce a growth factor that stimulates cellular communications, muscle growth, and wound healing, the body fear is a seed pod packed with growth factor for the mind. When you deliberately and constantly confront your fears or heights of particular people, places and situations that unsettle you, those seeds germinate and your confidence grows. Exponentially, you might still hate jumping off high things or swimming beyond the waves, but your willingness to keep doing it will help you make peace with it. You may even be inspired to try and master it. That's how, as a kid who was afraid of the water. His whole life became a Navy SEAL. Some people take the opposite path and hide from their fears. They are like villagers terrorised by rumours of a dragon to the point they cannot leave their own property. They cower and that dragon, who they have never seen themselves, only gains strength and stature in their minds because when you hide from whatever it is freaks you out, that growth factor works against you. It will be your fear that grows exponentially while your possibilities become ever more limited. I had 40 miles of steady altitude gain in front of me. That is a lot of time to contemplate last year's breakdown and quick cuts of me doubled over. Begging for breath did not flash in my head, but each step up into another hump of the dragon spine confirmed my commitment to the task at hand. Until I became the knight who turned up in that village one quiet evening, sharpened my sword and slayed that dragon.
In 2020, the thin air did not trouble me. My lungs were clear and I ran so well that my paces had trouble checking me, but it all came at a cost. A vicious rash had erupted on my ass. My entire left foot was one giant blister and after lasting for damn nearly 60 miles, the careful tape job that supported my ankle was unravelling, along with my focus. I was in so much pain, it was difficult to walk, much less run and impossible to think. Goggins the Savage had fled the scene and it was David who topped out at mile 201 and hobbled into the aid station. That rash stunned so bad, I crab-walked to the porter potty without a word. Kish tailed me with a clean set of clothes, an industrial-sized tub of Destitin diaper cream. When she yanked my drawers down, she gasped at the ugly scope of work. My ass had turned into hamburger meat. Gosh, it was, sleep- it was seeping and my taint was torn open, but Kish got right up in there and smeared that zinc-based cream, whatever it had to do, until her hands were covered in my blood. That's true love. Each time she touched the rash, an electric shock of agony zipped up my spine and snapped my jaw shut. For an encore, Casey lanced and take my blisters and unwrapped my ankle. That didn't feel too good either, but I was too damn tired for another comedy show. The entire process took an hour, which was too long, but I didn't mind at the time because I was too deep in the hurt locker to consider anything but survival. The pain was bordering on biblical as my pacer. Mike and I started out again, and scraped along a zombie's pace. My ass felt like it was being sliced and uh, filleted with rusty razor blades with each step. My blisters turned, and it seemed like it was a matter of time before the tendon in my ankle snapped like a rubber band. Six miles in, we came across a campsite toilet set up by the lake. I lied and told Mike I had to hit the head. In reality, I was desperate to get on my feet. There you go. I'm not going to go on because I'll leave it there. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed that little snippet from Goggins. And I really like the quote from that section where he says, I'm afraid a lot, but I've learned to flip fear by facing whatever it is I'm scared of head on. <laughs>